0: Hello, hello, hello to you listening to me sing right now. You make me feel so proud. Okay, I was going to try and make that work, but look, guys, to be honest, this is probably my 10th time recording this intro. All of them were probably great and fine and would have worked, but... Some Like once I decide that the first recording isn't going well, none of them go well. So I'm just going to be transparent about that and see what happens with this one. I've missed you guys. I sometimes wish I was a person that could be more consistent about releasing episodes on a bi-weekly basis like is the plan. And by sometimes, I mean all the time. I wish I was that way but I just am not. And so part of me not releasing them consistently is an act of self-love and self-respect. So yeah, I don't know. I just felt like I wanted to say that, but today we have an episode and by we, I mean all of us. And by all of us, I mean (laughs) that I don't need to keep saying this and over explaining, but Hey, I'm a little rusty. What can I say today on the podcast? I interviewed professional astrologer, animal communicator, and medium, Jessica Laniato. She is so fucking great. She is educated. She is friendly and she is about to start talking to you. And by talking to you, I mean me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean it. Is this intro also a mess? Probably. Do I care? Yeah, I do. Am I still going to release it? Yes, I am. So, Without me fucking this up anymore, I'm going to get on with it. And before I get on with it, (laughs) I wanted to let you know that if you wanted to book an animal communication reading with me, the link to do that is in the bio of my Instagram page. That is at divine.dingo. You can follow the link there, go to the acuity scheduling page. If you don't see anything available for a time or date that works for you, You can either direct message me on Instagram and we can work something out, or you can send me an email to podcast at gmail.com. I think that's all my announcements other than I love you and you're perfect the way that you are. Unless you feel like you want to change, then maybe you should do some inner healing. And if you don't want to do that, then you should just eat some chocolate and listen to this episode. So I love to ask my guests and it's interesting because you're the first official animal communicator I've had on, even though I know, I know. And although I feel like everybody can communicate with animals. And so that's why I always start with this question. But I would love for you to tell me about maybe the first time you communicated with an animal or, um, a time a story about communicating with an animal that really stands out to you it can be whatever um and i usually add a lot more context to this question to encourage people but i don't need to do that with no them. you don't so. need to do it
1: with me it's true i mean the first time i was like wait a minute i am talking to an animal and the animal is responding um i was probably like 30 29 years old so it was like 17 years ago, 16 years ago. Um, and I had two cats and I mean, there was probably a bunch of, a bunch of different experiences. I had this, this one cat and, um, his name was Cougar. He's now passed, but he really wanted a kitten. He told me he wanted a kitten. And I was like, am I, am I making this up that my cat told me he wants a kitten because I didn't want a second cat. I never wanted two cats at at the same time because I was scared. I couldn't love them equally. And I was just like freaked out by it. And so he told me he wanted a cat. He was telling me for months and I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if this is nuts. Like, what am I doing? I think I'm getting a cat for my cat. Uh, and <laughs> I remember I woke up one morning and it was like around the Christmas holidays and I, I don't, I'm not Christian. I don't celebrate Christmas, but it was like, you know, the energy in the air, the morphic field was strong with, with gift giving. And he was sitting, it was very cinematic. He was sitting on a chair at the kitchen table and he was facing me. And I swear to God, he, pra- like, he practically shook his head. in in disappointment with me. And he was like, you're never going to get me a kitten. I was like, oh, so I went, I got her, him a kitten that day. And within a couple hours of them being together, they were grooming each other and snuggling and they were just the best of friends ever since. So Mm -hmm. that was one of the first times where I was like, okay, he's definitely telling me things. Uh, It kind of advanced from there where we started to have more, you know, more conversations where it wasn't like he was just asking me for something or I was just telling him to do something, but um, that's that's one story. It's not a story I typically tell. Did you like hear his voice in your head? Yeah, the way animal communication works for me is um, they either show me pictures or um, give me emotions or like kind of kind of like talk. Um, so I, I hear it. I hear it in my head, and it's not. Sometimes when I communicate with animals, their diction's very fucking particular, and they're very like, no, no, I did not say she's depressed. I said she's sad. Um, and then sometimes it's very general, um, and very like, it's more like pictures. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like with people, in my experience, you know, it's like different people communicate in different ways. And um, you know, that other kitten that I got, who I love. They lived, you know, they were with me for many years and they died a month apart. They were really in love. She didn't, she didn't care for communicating with me. She didn't care for communicating. She was like, "Will you love me. Will you snuggle me? Will you give me food? Will you give me more food? Will you give me more snuggles? Can I sit by the heater? We're cool. She had nothing to say. Whereas, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the first cat I told you about, he loved working with clients when I, I had an office in my home and, um, Mm -hmm. which was many years ago now, but he loved working with clients. He loved communicating with me. He loved kind of showing me and teaching me how to communicate with animals. He was really helpful for me to develop that skill.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting because I have met some, uh, animals when in my communications where like, I'll have people come to me and they're so excited to get to know more about their cat. And like, they hear some of the reviews I've given where sometimes I, Because when I meet animals, it's almost like I'm I'm, I am learning every animal communication I give. I'm learning. I've been actively doing it for about two years, um, but I was doing it all through my childhood. You know, I'm where you hear stories about people who are doing it all through their childhood, got conditioned to believe that none of that is true and then forgot about it until one day they decided to just like try it again. It was undeniable. That's more or less my story. Um, And I will meet the animals like highest self. And that was like my first experience with animal communication. And I was doubting it left and right. Cause I was like, I could be making all of this shit up. Like, you know, it's, it's very easy to make all this shit up. Um, So anyway, some of my reviews are like, oh, I met, you know, uh, my animal's highest self and we have a soul contract and blah, blah, blah. And then some people bring their animal to me and I'm like, well, you know, I'm just getting uh, that they really like their food. They don't really like your uh they they'll like ask specifically like do they like my boyfriend and i'll be like they don't really care about him yeah um they're just like as long as you pet me i'm cool um so yeah it is interesting to to get those because it is just like
1: people and so animals are people
0: yeah (laughs) animals are people i did look up the definition of person once when i was really like I was like, animals are people and person has the definition. It has human in the definition.
1: I reject I that like... definition. And I say, <laughs> uh, for those of us who work with energy, I reject it. I, animals have personhood. I, mm. uh, Yeah, but I, this is not the first or the last time I've rejected an, a, an official definition of a word. i not going <laughs> to lie. I, I reject it wholeheartedly um, with the arrogance of somebody who's never looked it up. Yeah, <laughs> I would love like a
0: separate book um, from the dictionary of just words that are rejected by you. Yeah, thank you. I will
1: work on that because yes, that sounds like a fun zine. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, and I I think that when we talk about animals, um, did you say they have their personhood or peoplehood?
1: Personhood. yeah 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 yeah,
0: yeah. um and do you think that has to do with the fact that they some of them have very strict boundaries and that is i mean it it has to do with a lot of different things obviously personality traits and this and that but like i for some reason the boundaries is coming up for me and like how sometimes they have very strict boundaries sometimes they have absolutely no boundaries and like that just adds to their personhood
1: yeah i mean they're I, i i i usually just think of it as the capacity to feel and have preference to have need and desire for me is personhood. Uh, it's, 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 you know, a preference is personhood to me is a lot of it. So yeah, I, I have definitely interacted with animals who don't really want to interact with me. I've interacted with animals who, uh, are boring Uh, and mean and all all things and nice and Mm -hmm. concerned and you know like all the things and Mm -hmm. I think a big misconception that people that I run into that people have is like that animals like whenever I reference speaking with animals they're like well what does your cat say and it's like well that's what, what it's like saying, what does your boyfriend say? Or what does your mom say? Like a lot of things, uh, a lot of them are personal, but it's just, it's not usually for me uh, an experience where it's just like a specific one thing. It's an oversimplification uh, because I think people in some way are ambiguous about the personhood of their animal friends or the animals around them. I mean, I've communicated with cockroaches, didn't enjoy it, but I've done it, uh, you know, and they have personhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of like the Borg has personhood, but still personhood, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and I'm wondering, I guess I spend time thinking, I guess I more or less believe that my higher self, when I'm not in this body, decided to incarnate. And, and all the lives that I've lived, um, some part of me was like, all right, I'm ready to go do the human thing now. I'm ready to go into the lower dimensions, feel my emotions and shit. And I also believe that animals more or less choose the same thing. Mm. Um, And I'm wondering what your thoughts are because you are also a medium. Yeah. And um, I have found too in a lot of my, in my research, I see a lot of people that are both animal communicators and mediums. And I think that there is like, it's it feels like the same plug into a channel that varies a little bit differently. So anyways, there's a lot of questions wrapped into this one, but do you have you communicated with like a higher self of an animal Um, or what does that look like for you? What's your language around that other than like, oh, the personality of my dog Kilo is that he likes his belly scratched and he, I don't know, long walks on the beach. (laughs)
1: Um, I actually don't, so I, some of this is a little bit semantics, but I don't resonate with I, the idea of like higher self. I I try not to overthink about higher self, lower self, because it feels Mm -hmm. hierarchical and, um, Mm -hmm. and I, I really resonated with those concepts when I was first coming into spirituality, but in the end I ended up like, it's, it, it, it's something I struggle with because I find being in a meat suit to be a whole pain in the ass. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm much more comfortable in the spiritual realms. Um, but the human condition, the cat condition, the ladybug condition, you know, whatever it is, it's a material condition. Um, and I find it harder than the spiritual stuff myself. So it's like complicated to call it higher lower. Anyway, so that's like a total aside slash slightly relevant. Um, I don't, with people who are alive, and I say people to mean like animals, cats, whatever. Um, animals and cats. Cats are my favorite. <laughs> so I'm referring to cats a lot. Um, this is my morning chatting with my cats. Um, but. When I'm communicating with cats, it's always just I'm communicating with that person um, Mm -hmm. or with the animal, with their person. I personally don't um, speak to them like on a on a like higher spiritual level or anything. Um, I just talk to who they are and what they want, what they need, what they feel. um, And stuff like that. I don't know if that sounds too simple, but that's what I do. Um, And in terms of the choice to incarnate to a to a body i kind of very broadly see it that way but i i honestly don't overthink it because i do i do have really strong convictions about what happens after we die and from what i understand from doing mediumship work it is so outside of my understanding like there's like the immediacy of what happens after we die and what we are after we leave the body. And then I see the transition into energy and it outside and something that's so far outside of my capacity to understand as a human that I, I feel like I have no idea. I've got theories, but I've got no confident idea about what com- like how it comes back around into the meat suits. Mm-hmm. Um, so that doesn't sound wrong to me, but it's not like I believe that. If that yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: yeah. You seem like the type of person that believes
1: something once you've personally experienced it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I have been doing – I've done a lot of mediumship sessions and a lot mm-hmm. of uh, animal communication sessions. I got my 10,000 hours, as they say. And so it's not like I've experienced it in my personal life. It's more that I've experienced it with so many different people from so many different walks of life over the course of so many years. So my convictions are kind of informed by, yes, by experience, but not necessarily personal experience If that, Mm. because to me, that's different. I see that with a lot of, uh, a lot of people are just like, well, this is my experience as, as an individual Um, And that's not exactly it. uh, Because when I lose loved ones, I have a really hard time connecting with them in the same way I would for a stranger. It's so much easier with a strangers lost loved ones because when you're not a sub when you're not a subject, you can be objective. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's so much harder to like parse out the subtleties because so much of what we're talking about exists on a on a subtle plane. So I'm not sure if I'm answering your question exactly because there was all these nooks and crannies in it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but that's that's my my general broad. And to be fair, um, I am a triple Capricorn, which means my sun, moon, and rising are all in Capricorn. I am very pragmatic. I am like okay. bonkers pragmatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm very um, concerned with the kind of like here and now and, and the material condition and the the modality, the functionality of things, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. It totally
0: makes sense. I was going to ask you what your big three were. Capcorn, um, Capcorn, Capcorn.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm Libra rising, Cancer sun, Libra moon. So. Radically different.
1: Right. And and it makes yeah. sense. Like what we're talking about, how we relate to the work we do is mm-hmm. very different. I mean, I'm all earth and you're air and water. And that makes sense that you're like connecting with higher and I'm like connecting with embodied. Uh, Mm -hmm. like it's, we can't make this shit up. It's like, we are only going to be able to, um, I think not, we're only going to be able to, we are kind of our best selves when we embody our true selves. And I think there's a lot of paths that lead us to the truth. There's a, there's a lot of ways of holding truth and engaging with it. So yeah, again, as an astrologer, I can't help but see it that way.
0: (laughs) It's beautiful. It's like a it's it's like a map to the energy of every experience, like every person that you meet. Um I found it really helpful. as literally just like a guide to the energy but not like def- not like set in stone this is the energy because like I believe humans are fluid and energy is fluid and we are both. And so, of course, there's yeah. so much room in that. Um I was wondering this is probably kind of a dumb question, but I'm still going to ask it, uh, the astrology of animals. What do you think about that? Cause it's like, sometimes we know their birth time. And when my friends know their dog's birth time, the first thing I think is let's type that shit in and get the birth
1: chart. I never do that. Never, <laughs> never, never. And I never do that because astrology is an ancient system and it is well vetted and researched and resourced for humans. Yeah. And here's the thing. When we talk about time, when we talk about like solar seasons, we're talking about time from the perspective, perspective of a human experience. A ladybug and a dog and a cat and a fish do not experience time the way we do. And astrology is the study of time. And so to apply it, um, to apply our understanding of astrology and time to animals, I think it's, and I don't mean any criticism of you. I know tons of astrologers who do this, but I think it's human hubris. There's a word for it, but I don't like – like a specific thing when it's like human hubris towards animals. I don't remember mm-hmm. what that word is right now, but um, I am not a fan of it. So I never, ever have looked at the astrology of any of my animal friends. Um, yeah. And when people ask me to do it, because of course people ask me to do it, I always say Meow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i um i don't think i've ever actually done it myself but i have had you know you see um i was listening to one of your interviews just about astrology memes all over and kind of um distorting the actual teachings of astrology and uh how ancient it is because i have a friend of mine who's not into it at all and so much um i'd like to listen to like um astrology like weather reports um, you know about, and it's it's from astrologers that I trust because actually, from listening to a couple of your interviews, it it heightened my level of discernment when I'm reading different things about astrology on the internet because right. you can really get so bombarded with all the information that's out there, and then um, I mean, then you then you have biases about like certain signs and certain times of year and things like that, and I actually believe that like. I am a sovereign autonomous being. And so I get to decide what energy affects me and what does not like, it's all, my choice, whether it's conscious or subconscious. And some of that didn't resonate really early on, you know, when they talk, Oh, it's Virgo season, or it's this season or that season. And like, sometimes the subtle energies of the seasons do affect me. Um, especially when it's cancer season, baby, I feel it. And I feel good, like a cancer full moon. I'm like, I'm, you know, and people that maybe don't have any water in their chart, or they have more difficult cancer placements, a challenging cancer placements, um, I might hit them a different way, but for me, I feel empowered. So there is stuff like that, but um,
1: yeah, just having that discernment. In my work, I almost never talk about... So I do like astrology weather reports on my weekly podcast, um, but I almost never talk about the solar seasons because... I barely notice them. And there's such saturated content out there. I just feel like it's a dime a dozen. Um <laughs> a baby astrologer somewhere right now is making a video about the solar season we're in. Like mm-hmm. there's no lack of that stuff and it is it is tricky because on the one hand there's there's good reason for it. Some of that reason is like, you know, they, it's very simple. The sun, there's no, there's no wiggle room to the sun. It's a degree a day. It's a degree a day. So you don't need to have any astrology and for like backgrounds and no technical background in order to track the sun. But the other reason why is the sun is, um, it's your identity and it's your sense of self and it's where you shine. And so it's where a lot of people focus because it's like, mm-hmm. see me, validate me. I want to mm-hmm. be seen. So, that's part, you know, the 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 two main reasons in my view about why the sun stuff gets so popularized. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm really interested in using astrology as a vehicle for healing, and for navigating life choices, and cultivating emotional intelligence, and understanding mm-hmm. inherited issues, uh, and coping with them, making good choices based on your nature and your circumstances, and the sun is not inherently a tool for that. It's absolutely one of the tools in the toolkit, but it's not like the, one of the bigger tools in the toolkit. So there's a, so much of what I talk about and I always am happy when I get to like unpack it more, like I'm doing here instead of like on a a quick, quickie video. But um, when it's kind of like when you, when you get into sun sign astrology, it's like, eating sweets they're delightful you want more <laughs> but it's not a full nutritious spectrum situation like at a certain point it becomes bad for you and mm-hmm. at first it is not bad for you at first sweets are the bee's knees they are delicious they are delightful they are wonderful but you can't just do that if you want it to be uh, healthy and i think a lot of us like uh, i think the the problem is a lot of people Really want to use astrology to make life decisions, but they don't want to think that hard, and they don't want to be—they don't want to be too critical. And they're thinking, and I think that you know those people are not going to vibe with me because I'm a triple fucking Capricorn, and I'm all about reality. You know, that's my va- that's my jam.
0: I resonate less and less with my Cancer son, and I think that so many things that you see the really basic definitions of cancer. I'm really tired of seeing the nurturer, the mother, yeah. the homemaker, because yeah. I, while I do obviously embody some of that just in my personality as Ashley, that's not like who I am. And I think you're right. So many people, and it's like, I don't even care when I meet people, when they tell me their sun sign, it's like, it's a tease. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. I know nothing about you still.
1: Yeah. I, I tend to block out that information pretty quickly. And when I'm good friends with people or I'm partnered with someone, you know, I've been with my partner now for a decade. I still can't tell you his whole birth chart because, uh, it's not for a lot of reasons, you know, with my partner, but with friends, it's like, there's two things I really want to say. The first one is when we learn about someone's astrology, even me, who's, you know, I've been a practicing astrologer since 1994. When we learn about someone's birth chart and especially if you're not that good at astrology yet, but even if you're amazing, right? What you're doing is you're trying to bypass getting to know someone and showing up with someone and be like, oh, I know about them because they've got Mars and Gemini. It means X. I don't have to really worry about them being, not calling me back because they're this. It's trying to bypass cultivating true intimacy and closeness. When we already have intimacy and closeness, that's when you want to bring astrology in to help to fortify what you understand, give you a different perspective uh, and also help direct you. And like, how do you need to behave in order to be authentic so that you can be in a relationship that either works or doesn't because mm-hmm. of all that. And then the other thing that I wanted to say now, I'm, Oh, um, the fucking stereotypes about astrology. Yes mother nurturer homemaker for cancer for Capricorn it's like capitalist uh you know heart of stone kind of person i personally am an anti-capitalist whose spiritual work is my life's work and uh you know i am all about cultivating emotional intelligence and giving tools for people in that regard and i'm very nurturing these stereotypes are based on the very surface that applies to the widest number of people but they're also based on stereotypes that have existed in the 70s and in the 70s the stereotypes that existed existed in the 50s and guess what in 2021 we have moved beyond so many of the like limitations that society has placed on us and so some of these stereotypes nay most of them are some bullshit from that we've inherited from patriarchal capitalistic mishmash i said mishmash because i just thought we we know where i'm going with this yeah so yeah so that's that's kind of my take if we want to use astrology as a true tool for healing um which not everyone does to be fair but but if we do uh Mm -hmm. we have to be willing to be critical thinkers and and cultivate greater critical thought imo and (laughs) also have more bandwidth for difference, because Mm -hmm. I think having different opinions is a really exciting and interesting thing. And I don't think it's like a insult or a negative thing, but a lot of people in the spiritual world do. They're like, if you don't see it my way, then the way you're seeing it is an offense to me. And Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, and I've never encountered that before online stuff, like through the Mm -hmm. internet. And it makes me sad. So if anyone's listening, it's like, yeah, I see it differently than either of what we either of us are saying. It's like, cool. So you're different. Okay, that's all. That, that's you know, there's of course there's like right and wrong, but there's also mm-hmm. just difference. So, yeah, all the damn things.
0: I think about that a lot in the spiritual community, and it's really frustrating because I feel like part of why we come together in a community of weirdos, um, which I I'm taking the word weirdo back. Um, We come together is to get away from people that are like, if you don't agree with me, you got to get out. You know, it's like, what can we let's start something else. And it's really, it's frustrating to see. I understand why like capitalistic and patriarchal ideals are, are sinking into all of communities because it just shows how ingrained it is in at least I can speak for the, for America for, in the American society. So I I understand that and I can hold space for that, but it still is disappointing to see. Yeah. Um, and, and and I sit back and I'm like, aren't we all just trying to get away from those kinds of judgments? And aren't we all just coming together to like be weird and to like heal together and to learn together? Yeah. And, um, but I can also, I'm like a chronic big bigger picture and sometimes it's frustrating because i'm like i'm angry about this thing but let me zoom out and i can see all the sides and so i'm like i'm constantly torn and is that i don't i've always been that way um so i see it but it's still frustrating and i just try i love having conversations like this because it's like let's just be fucking real with one another and yeah i mean can we disagree and also um God, I wanted to say some cheesy shit like love each other at the same time,
1: you know? I mean, why not respect each other? It's such a Capricorn way of me approaching it. But, like, (laughs) can't we just disagree and not lose respect or take it as a personal attack or um, feel the need to, like – this is the thing that happens online all the time. It's like so you, someone you like and respect says something and you disagree with it. And then you think, well, I have to tell them about my disagreement. Yeah. And I just think sometimes it's okay to be like, Oh, that's a different perspective and move along. Yeah. Um, And I think people have a hard time with that, especially marginalized communities, you know, whether it's marginalized in any number of ways mm-hmm. Um, because we expect so much more from the people we trust because we have so few house, so many fewer people that we can trust in the public eye. And I, I think it's about, again, being able to really look at like, okay, so our reactions are a lot of times, meaningfully about ourselves. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of, um, again, this is me being like a healer mouth. But like, if we prioritize being interested in our own reactions, then we can parse out what is my reaction versus my response, because the reaction Mm -hmm. is so much about uh, kind of so much of our own triggers and history. And our response Mm. is more intentional. It's like, okay, well, this is how I feel about it. But this is actually objectively just someone else's fucking opinion and nothing to do with me. They don't know me. They're a stranger on the internet. And I just think that (laughs) that approach takes more time and energy and intentionality Mm -hmm. than a lot of people have the bandwidth for um, in their busy days and lives. And also because people don't want to do shit. Yeah. I,
2: <laughs> you
0: know? yeah. yeah, I see a lot of that stuff as um, just I see fear that comes up in so many different ways. And that like when when I see people that are just like, oh, you're disagreeing with me now, I must attack you. It's it's a fear response. Yeah. And it can be okay. a fear for a number of different reasons. But um, when once I started once I like put that together in my own mind and then like had put on my, my glasses of like, Oh, I can see people's reactions coming from fear. I was able to hold space for them more rather than getting fucking mad when they were just like mean, you know, it's like, why are you just being mean? Cause like sometimes, you know, I, I grew up thinking that like nobody liked me and everybody was mean to me. And so it's like, sometimes I'm like, can we just stop being mean? And I'm like, okay, wait, like now that I've healed some of my shit, I can see that they're afraid and I take it less personally and then we can move on. But yeah. And, and what a, um, what like a temperature check of like your, your emotional health in that moment. And it is just so, I think it's such a beautiful tool to see like, oh, I'm pissed. And oh, I want to like, I kind of want to like hurt you right now with like words and, and to, to see that and then take a step back and be like, okay, this is definitely my shit. Yeah. Um, I saw a lady in a restaurant the other day and she was so pissed about like, she got confused about the menu. And she was telling it to the waitress and then the waitress was like, Oh yeah, you just got confused. And she was pissed at the waitress for her own confusion. And I'm like, Oh, you're just so like, you're just, you're afraid of being seeming dumb or you're afraid of like not getting your needs met or something. And then anyways, it's like, sometimes I have to like rear it in. I'm like, okay, stop paying attention to that table over in the corner. Ashley, you're with, <laughs> at lunch with your family. What'd you say, grandma? Like just rain it back in, not trying to read the fucking room. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, was, oh, I'm just really glad to like take it back. I'm really glad that you don't do astrology for animals to rain all oh, the way yeah. back to that. Because- that's what, that's what, I was
1: like, how do we get here? Yes. No, I don't <laughs> do astrology for animals. True story. It's true. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah, I do also think that that is dumb. Um, and uh I don't know if those are the words that you said, but I, I mean you it- call
1: it dumb, but it's it's not it's not for me. Yeah.
0: It's, it's- yeah, it's also not for me. Yeah. I love I love talking to a triple Capricorn. You might be the first triple Capricorn because me, I'm just like, let's just flow, man. And sometimes I'm like, Ashley, focus. (laughs) Focus is not a
1: problem for me. I have (laughs) lots of energy for focus. And it's actually, it's not very common to meet a person who has all the big three in one sign. So, you know, in my life, I've only ever met one other triple Capricorn. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you, I mean, how many charts do you think you've you've done?
1: So Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly so
0: I wanted to know, um, I'm always interested in asking people like how their abilities come through. And I know we touched on that a little bit with you saying that you could hear your animals and sometimes they send pictures or animals that you communicate with. Um, and I am curious like how it, now when you're, you're tapped in and you're giving a mediumship reading or talking to dead people, Um, how does that, does that, do you hear them? Do you feel them? Do you see them? Do they communicate in pictures? Um, What does that look like for you?
1: It looks uh, several different ways and it depends on whether or not it's um, in session, Mm -hmm. in a consultation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in the context of COVID um, being a medium has been incredibly difficult and um, are you a medium as well? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this has been your experience as well, but yeah, I've been invaded by desperate, devastated, dead people in numbers that are unlike anything I even conceived was possible. Um, it's been really, really difficult. Um, and in that situation, they just jump in my body and, uh, it's awful and terrible. And I hate it, uh, if I'm being honest. Um, but when I'm sitting down with a client to communicate with their lost loved ones, uh, I used to just have them hop in my body. That's how I've worked for many years because it's easiest for me. It's just like, it's instant. Uh, I get well, kind of like uh, all levels of information. I get their physical sensations. I get their addiction. I get their attitudes. I get so much more information so much quicker. Mm -hmm. And it took a toll on my physiological health um, after doing this for a long time. And so in the last probably like seven years I've trained myself to not have them come in the body. COVID's fucked mm-hmm. that up, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, COVID is special. Um, and, and so the way that I get information, it varies. Sometimes I smell things. Sometimes I, you know, I'll hear things very like I, I hear them. Uh, generally the way that I describe mediumship and also animal communication is that it's kind of like, do you, do you listen to like Beyonce ever? Yes. Okay. Um, I used to use this as an example of Led Zeppelin. That's how old I am, but now I've switched to Beyonce, even though I actually don't listen to Beyonce. Okay. So you know that song Lemonade? Yes. Okay. So when I asked you that question, You probably had an image of the music video, iconic. You probably had (laughs) a feeling associated with that song Mm -hmm. or your memories. And then also you may have heard like a refrain of the song, like part of the song in your mind. That's how mediumship is for me. And even animal communication is for me. It's Mm. this full bodied full sensed experience. Um, So I'm not seeing with my eyes. I'm not hearing with my ears, um, but I'm seeing and hearing much like, Mm you know, your associations with a song that is powerful and that, you know, well, um, so yeah, so that's the way I describe it. And I really love working as a medium. I'm not loving this whole COVID experience, but yeah.
0: Yeah. I love, uh, the way that you defined your experience there because it it seems accessible so that other people can be like oh yeah i'm having the same experience because i believe that um you know being an animal communicator being a medium being a psychic whatever definition you want to put on yourself or on me i think that we all are capable of tapping into this energy and tapping into the channel um it just takes some trust and yeah. some t- like i mean i'm sure that when you because you said that you didn't start i've listened to another interview of yours where like your ability sort of came online around your solar return around you, you said saturn, return. saturn return sorry yeah. <laughs> um your saturn return yeah and i'm 28 i'll be t- uh and i saw in my chart that my saturn comes back right when i'm 29 because i was yeah. like 28 starting to get a little weird and i was like fuck that saturn's coming back isn't it yeah. um I feel pretty good about the Saturn return, but anyways, we could talk about that. Um, but yeah, I just, I, for me, it was so much trusting that I'm not making all of this up mm-hmm. and just really, um, and that allowing my abilities to come in was really healing for myself too, because when I fund like believe something, whether it's in my body, it's in my, it's in my physical body, it's in my energetic body, it's intuition, whatever. When I know something, can I, can I hold that to be my truth when nobody else is agreeing with me when nobody else mm-hmm. sees it? And, um, it was, it was a really scary thing because I think in my childhood, I always looked around for everybody to tell me who I was at a young age. Um, I don't know exactly why I did that. I mean, children do that. Um, but I, I feel like I, that's a memory that I, I've carried with me into like when I was like an older child too. So I was like, Oh, when my mom tells me that I'm, um, um, a follower or something. I'm like, Oh, well, I didn't see it in my mind. That's your perspective. And that's not true for me. And so even as like in my mid twenties, I, I was looking to people looking to readers to tell me about my abilities, you know? So I, right when I first like had an awakening and I'm using air quotes, um, I paid so much money. I was just throwing money at people. I was like, tell me who I am. And, Mm -hmm. um, when the readings weren't consistent and then I, I had, like a crisis. Cause I was like, well, this reader that I trust told me that I'm this and this reader that I trust told me something completely different. And then I was like, Oh, I get to decide who I am. I get to decide who I am even in a like, uh, energetic way. And, and what my like path might be, what my destiny, what my abilities might be. Oh, just because like this medium sees it this way, feels it this way. It, um, conducts their business this way. It does not mean that that's how I have to do it too. And that's a lot of the times when I was doing my animal communication reading, starting out, I was insecure because I wasn't getting some basic questions answered that people wanted. You know, it's like, um, like, again, a lot of it is like, it, do they want me to bring another animal in? Do they, um, are they happy with their food? Oh, um, can you tell me how their health is and things like that? And I really, was more hesitant to answer those questions because they were so specific. And when I doubted myself, the channel shut off.
1: Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. And it
0: was so frustrating because so at the same time where I wanted to like help people, I was like healing myself learning that like, oh, I can't actually help this person until I just trust myself. And so um, I was telling you earlier that I get I get some like crazy fucking messages from these animals. Like I've met animals that are like their soul might come from the fucking underworld. They might come from another star system and it's like wild shit. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) let's pump the brakes. Cause this is like, people love hearing that shit. But I'm like, I don't want to steer people the wrong way, especially when it comes to the relationship with their animals. Um, and I, I almost wasn't believing it. And I almost wanted to hold in some of this information I was getting. Although I was getting it intuitively and although I trusted it, I was hesitant. And then I started getting really specific information about the health of the animal, which also made me nervous because I don't want to. I just don't want to fuck up anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure that you've experienced this too. Um, but I just trusted myself when I got information. And every time I've trusted myself with the information I've given it to the person that's that's asking the questions, it's always spot on. You know, I'm like, Oh, I'm getting something about their left leg. It's something about like their front left leg and their paw. And they're like, we literally just burned his paw today or something. And it's like, and so I was like, okay, well, if I'm getting such accurate information about the physical body, then this wild shit that I'm getting must also resonate to some degree. It resonates with me. I should just give the information. Like I shouldn't be sitting here trying to figure out what to give and what not to give. When it comes to animal communication, and I know that that i'm i it might get tricky when it's like sensitive information, but it's also like I don't know if it's my job to totally discern every information I'm getting when it's not for me, I'm just the channel in which the information's coming through. um What is your experience like with that
1: with medical stuff, whether it's with humans or um animals? I, even though, even if I've met with somebody 20 times, uh, even if they already know that this is how I feel, I always verbalize. I am not a doctor, any medical perspective I give you, you need to vet with an actual physician, whether it's mm-hmm. a bot, you know, a human physician or an animal physician. I think that that's a really important thing to say, like, I am a psychic, I'm an animal communicator. What the fuck do I know? You <laughs> need to be a critical thinker. Yeah. And you know, this is meant to help because I'm also a medical intuitive with humans. Um, So it's like meant to be like one, one piece, you know, not the piece. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so that's one, one thing I do is I always let people know that if I go in a direction and it's not resonating with a person, I can generally tell whether I'm supposed to push or yield. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's wrong. Sometimes it's not, the person's not ready to hear it. Um, and when it comes to animals specifically, um I'm trying to think of which part of your question I, I should respond to because I I mean it's kind of like a broad a broad chair and then a smaller question. So yeah, I guess uh wait, ground me into the question so I can properly answer it.
0: Yeah, what um I was asking like when you're getting information um When do you decide to discern what to give Mm -hmm. and do you like, cause sometimes I read, you know, um, an article you wrote about mediumship, um, like five years ago, I think. And, um, you were saying sometimes people are expecting a beautiful message and sometimes it's like, get your shit together and clean your house, you know? And so it's like, I mean, even, so those messages you're probably like hesitant, you know? No, I'm not.
1: No, I'm not at all. hesitant. Were you ever? (sighs) Mm. I'm in a bit of a unique situation because I came into my animal communication skills, my psychic skills, and my mediumship skills, not all at once, Mm -hmm. but I already had a decade long private practice of consulting as an astrologer. Mm -hmm. So I'm in a really unique position because through my private practice, as an astrologer and astrology is math, right? Astrology is specifically like a system designed to offer answers and strategies. And so I already had um, a consulting style and ethics. I had uh, kind of like a, a woo woo esoteric business already. I had already Cultivated a lot of my counseling skills, and I think that that's a lot of what you're talking about is like, how do I determine what to say? Um, when they didn't ask, especially, but um, I'm really lucky, I didn't realize I was lucky, but I, you know, I've come to realize that I was really lucky because as these things started to come in, I would always tell my clients like grain of salt, this is what I'm getting. But I had already cultivated the skill of being willing to be wrong and of not being attached to being right. And of being willing to not have my client like me. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think that this is the problem. A lot of practitioners get into is you want people to like you and you want people to validate you, not just somebody with a people pleaser thing that you described. Like I think Mm -hmm. everybody is just like, you don't want to give bad news. You don't want to say something shitty. And I think, there's an element of it is essential to cultivate a, kind of a methodology of saying, this is what I'm seeing. And I might be, the way I'm interpreting it might be off. I'm not certain, but this is what I'm seeing. Um, or, but I think it's really important to say specifically what you're seeing because your interpretation is based on your own life. Whereas mm-hmm. the client will have a different reference point. Right. Um, it, it, it's, it's a complicated thing for me when I don't know the answer. I'm very comfortable to say, I don't know. Um, And I feel like it's not just because I don't know and I don't like to make shit up, but it's also because I really, as, as a client, like when I go into any practitioner, a doctor, a dentist, a psychic, whatever, And they tell me, I ask a question, they say, I don't know. And they don't fuck around and give me like a roundabout reason they don't know. And they just say, I don't know the answer to that question. Sometimes they offer to do some research. Sometimes they don't. I trust them more because I'm like, okay, you have won my trust because you're not just blowing smoke up my butt. You're telling me what you can be authoritative with and what you can't. And I think that that's something that comes with practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also a personality thing. Like I'm a very direct person, you know, I'm a very direct person. (laughs) So that is a big part of it too, is um, I'm comfortable telling people difficult things. And also I'm very driven to help people find not solutions to fix the difficult thing, but solutions to wallowing in the feelings that emerge from that, but instead coming up with strategies. So it's like, okay, so I told you this relationship doesn't look like it's going to last or your cat fucking hates your boyfriend or whatever it is. (laughs) Um, It's like, okay, so first, what are you feeling? Do we need to sit with that? Do we need to work with that? And then second, what are some action steps that make sense to you? Let's unpack it. Let's explore it. And so again, my hyper Capricorn pragmatism is just like- every time something difficult comes up in a session, it's an opportunity to work through not just that individual thing, but the pattern that it's associated with. So that's, um, it's kind of my happy place is being able to go there with people because, because uh, it's so productive. Uh, so yeah. Did that answer the question? Yeah. Okay, cool. I, okay, cool. I was
0: laughing when you were like, you're like, well, your question was so broad and yet there was a little, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just, sometimes I'm just like willy nilly. I'm like, just, what do you think about this? And so I was like, okay, Ashley, you're going to rein it in. Here
1: it well, like, it's just, I'm it. such a Capricorn. I'm a literalist, you know, it drives <laughs> some people bonkers. but it, but it is what it is. You know, it I like it. It feels grounding to me. Like, it feels
0: like, okay, like, okay, but what if you were specific? What would happen then? Like, you know, like, like to me, I'm like, oh, what would happen then if I was specific? And then it's just like, it opens up another door to this conversation and this energy exchange that I wasn't even looking at. And it's like, Oh, let, let's fucking open that door. Let's see what happens. Like I'm into that. that. Yeah. I love it. Mm. Um, I was thinking, okay. Recently I had um, I gave a reading for a friend who I knew their situation and I knew kind of what they wanted their cat to feel in this situation. Like I knew what would work out best for them financially, logistically, whatever. And um, it was a moment where they asked a question and the answer immediately popped. Like I heard what their their cat's answer was. And I almost wanted to like ask it again because I was like, you sure you want it to be that answer? Because I know that one's not going to work out for them. And then th- my I could feel my channel being like, bitch, just no. Just, just give the information. And then I've noticed that too with myself when I'm asking my own intuition. There's such a subtle difference in like my projected voice in my head that I want to be true. And it's mm. literally, it's like, I don't know if I'm hearing it in my own voice. I guess it's just the voice of my thoughts, but it's just so subtly different when it's like my intuition and what I want the answer to be. And it's like the volume's a little bit louder with what I want it to be. I'm a little bit more confident with what I want it to be. And then like the, the real answer is just a little bit quieter and just a little bit further back in my head. It feels like if I had yeah. to put it, put it in a location yeah. and that's what it feels like sometimes when I'm Giving people information, like I'm like, I know this fucks up your plans, but this, th- if you want to know what your cat truly desires, then it, th- then you're gonna this have to. This is what it is. This I is mean, what it is. I mean, I think that's,
1: that's the way of doing it. And I, you know, the way I always explain it to people is that our guidance speaks in neutral tones. Mm. So that's a lot of what you're describing. This, like, mm. it's less confident, it's less insistent, because those are overlays that are emotional and personality based. Our guidance is neutral. Mm -hmm. It is not attached. Our personalities are not neutral. Our personalities are not attached. And that's Mm -hmm. great. But also the key is to not seek the guidance, but to receive the guidance Mm -hmm. and in our world, most people don't have the tools for doing that. They don't have the patience Mm -hmm. for doing that. But Mm -hmm. when you're confused, when you're working with a client, they're asking a question that the answer isn't coming readily. It's about not thinking about their needs, but instead receiving your guidance. I think that's always the move because a lot of times our clients just want us to say what they want to hear. Obviously I have been that client for many people as well. And I'm always grateful when people don't do that for me because, Mm uh, why, why pay for a reading if it's just going to be somebody jerking you off? Like instead (laughs) just show up and like be there for whatever it is and you can reject someone's perspective or advice. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
1: but I think again, when connecting to guidance, or trying to communicate with an animal, the key is to not be so eager that we get in our own way. And that's a very difficult thing. And I think it's something that, you know, all people and practitioners uh, work on throughout the course of our lives is Mm -hmm. how to be open, present, and not attached all at once. It's Mm -hmm. a dance. And, you know, sometimes it gets chaotic, sometimes it doesn't work. But that's, that's the general move. IMO. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think too, it, it, for me, I'm such like a day-to-day person. Like I can really have beautiful access to my channel, uh, for three days in a row and then just like not even have something going on right in my face, but like an emotional trauma, some subconscious shit going on and then it's all kind of flustered. And it's been, um, it's been a, like you said, a dance and a beautiful challenge in respecting where I'm at. And knowing that in that moment, it's like my access to my channel isn't great right now. um, And I don't want to go forward with this in this moment just so that you're not mad at me. Because I have people-pleasing tendencies. I think that that – I was pretty pissed when I read about that with Libra. I'm like, fuck that. I don't have that. You have a Libra rising? Is that what you said? And a Libra moon.
1: Also, cancer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean – yeah. The only things you've told me about yourself astrologically, <laughs> yeah, you're going to be very like, if I don't please you, then I'm not safe. So I have to take care of your feelings and needs. Exactly. Exactly. And it's been really, it's just been, it's been really cool to to
0: help heal and be healed at the same time with the work that I do. And I um, don't take that for granted. I'm just really grateful for that. Um, speaking of of healing, I really was curious about... I can, I can probably think of different ways that we can do it um, and how ast- astrology can be healing. But I wanted to see what like your perspective on that is because um, I think all of us to some degree, especially after being isolated for a year, being with ourselves and then moving into 2021 and feeling like, oh, we're not actually out of the dark of this like healing that we're doing collectively um, and individually. And so I was just so many people are interested in astrology. Basically, people know they're big three. I'm just curious how astrology is healing for you and the work that you do for people.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so the way that I use astrology is as a counselor. So, you know, to be very clear, I am not a therapist. Um, so I'm not saying a therapist, but as a counselor, um, I don't, I'm not a fortune teller. Some astrologers are. Um, I I synthesize the data to that is within a birth chart to help people not only cultivate greater self-acceptance and awareness of who they are and where they're at but also using the chart as a tool for understanding our inherited issues, our ancestry um, and how some of our traumas are lived experiences. And some of them are passed down through generations, whether you were raised by your birth parents or not. And understanding that um, that kind of part of astrology for me, it's a centerpiece of my practice and it has always been, um, That is part of my connection to medical astrology, looking at immigration issues, class issues, all that kind of stuff. These things all can be read in the chart. And not only is that helpful because it's a stranger, your astrologer, telling you all about these things. So it's the act of being seen is so healing. Mm -hmm. But also it's a tool for understanding that our parents or our guardians, even if they were abusive and terrible, they are fucked up, damaged, adult people, not all of us were raised by adults, but you know, people, um, who were doing their best and their best may be tragic and terrible and wrong, but understanding that everyone has their own inherited traumas. And when they perpetrate abuse and mistreatment, it is not a reflection on you. It's a reflection on them. And being mm-hmm. able to see that in the birth chart can be liberating and give us just enough space to recognize that not only is it not that these people who are supposed to love us actually like hate us or or wish us harm, which is true sometimes, you know, realistically, mm-hmm. but... It's about, okay, but I'm here to love me. I'm here to accept me. I'm here to care for me, whether or not I had shitty parents, whether or not I had shitty experiences and being able to kind of unpack that in an individualized way, give individuals tools for self-care, essentially uh, that is self-appropriate and sustainable. That to me is where astrology is the most healing. And, you know, there are different levels and layers of healing, you know, where somebody's going to be at and the level of healing they're capable of at 22 is going to be different than 32 and different than 62, you know, because you're alive more years and you have more crude experiences. You also have more space from your early developmental experiences. Um, And I think that it's the job of an astrologer, or I should say of myself, because not all astrologers work the way I do. Uh, but it is the job of me as an astrologer to meet a person where they're at and to not data dump. And it took me many years to learn how to do this because at first I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to be like, I can tell you about everything. I can tell you about everyone. I can give you all the tools. And people would stumble out of my office. They couldn't use the information because I data dumped. I gave them mm-hmm. too much to emotionally integrate. And so over the course of my private practice and you know many years, um, I have... I have become more attuned to where they are emotionally during the consultation so that I can uh, moderate the speed at which I offer data so that they can actually integrate it and use it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that took many years to cultivate that skill, but being able to do that as an astrologer, it's like you get 10 times more information that way. It's like, it sounds counterintuitive because I'm giving less data, But the information that I am giving is integrated. And so it has, it's like planting lots of seeds. They all sprout. Maybe they don't all sprout, but a lot of them sprout. You know what I mean? And that's really um, so healing and so cool. Uh, And then one other kind of part of my answer to that is, you know, using astrology as a tool for understanding and contextualizing issues that are happening in the world, can be really helpful and can help activists and concerned, uh, people, uh, kind of not again, personalize and fall into hopelessness, but to understand that there is a season and a time for all things. And so we can pace ourselves through the ways in which we are uh, engaged with the world so that we don't burn out in our twenties, which is what a lot of activists do. So I, uh, those are all kind of really meaningful ways of using astrology that I like to use astrology. And then, you know, I could get really detailed and get into lots of like ways, like my specialties with astrology, but very broadly speaking, that's how astrology can be helpful and not helpful healing, healing. Mm -hmm.
0: If somebody wanted to pull out their birth chart that has like a basic understanding of astrology, how can they, um, how can they kind of get that the healing energy from looking at that without maybe having to spend the money or the time to work you with can't.
1: someone? I don't think you can. It's, mm-hmm. Listen, someone with a lot of water in the chart is going to be like, just feel the vibes. And then you're going to be <laughs> healed by the vibes. I don't buy that shit at all. It's a computer printout. That's what it is. Can yeah. you be healed by a computer printout? Sure. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how to do it because I don't really think that's what astrology is good for. <laughs> and this is, and this is like a, a, div- a growing pet peeve of mine
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, as an astrologer that honestly I see doctors and nurses are dealing with a lot. Scientists and immunologists are dealing with a lot. You go online and you see like actual like fucking PhDs, immunologists being told in the comment section by people like, you don't actually know anything about it. I mean, you should Google it. And like the first Google result is their work, right? Like th- it's, there's this, this, we're in this time where all opinions are great, but some people are more educated about their opinions and education is valuable. Listen, I didn't go to university. I'm not, I'm a scholar. I'm not into that, but we have to be able to recognize that astrology works because it is a nuanced, detailed system that one must learn, not absorb, mm. but learn. And mm-hmm. I, I passionately believe this. And I don't feel the same way about psychic ability. I don't feel the same way about animal communication or mediumship because it's different. Mm-hmm. But astrology is math and it's applied systems and it's nuanced and it's timing. And uh, and there are many different ways of using astrology. There are many different systems within astrology. So uh, if you're a beginner, are you going to be able to look at a birth chart and read immig- immigration issues and inherited trauma? Fuck no. If you're an advanced astrologer, can you do those things? Maybe. Only maybe. So because I am largely a self-taught astrologer, I didn't have anyone telling me what I could or should do. And I was a real fucking boner killer of a 20 something year old. And I just like, I moved to San Francisco from Canada when I was 19 and I spent my whole entire twenties hanging out with nerds who are much older than me and studying. That's all I did. I just fucking studied my balls off and I studied astrology and I practiced with clients and I developed more and more competency in that way. So, what I personally did was I I taught myself how to read immigration, inherited issues, trauma, um, coping mechanisms, um, processing styles, all of this stuff, because it was important to me as an individual and it was important to my clients. And when I started lecturing uh, to other astrologers within the like, kind of traditional, I mean, traditionals. A funny word for this, but a traditional astrology community. Um, no, not there's a form of astrology called traditional astrology. That's not mm-hmm. what I'm referring to. I mean, like okay. the the place where astrologers convened. I started lecturing uh, about a decade into my private practice to other astrologers, and that's when I learned that not everyone was doing what I was doing. That my perspective was somewhat unique because uh, of a variety of things. And so, this is where a lot of the lectures I've given within the astrology community to, you know, consulting, practicing expert astrologers and, and students more in the advanced level. It, a lot of times it's about these topics that I'm naming because it's not what everyone's doing. And it's not like if you're buying a bunch of astrology books, some of them are going to talk about these topics and a lot of them aren't. Um, so this is where it's like, I am a, and back to my pet peeve. It's like treating the tools that we turn to with reverence, with respect is hard for people when they're like, but I should just know it. Um, and so people are always like, I don't know why I don't get this yet. And in my head, I'm always like, cause you haven't been studying for years because it's not intuitive knowledge. It's, it's learned knowledge. That's mm-hmm. the annoying thing about astrology. And it's why I stopped teaching, uh, like I, I've taught a couple beginner classes and I'm such a boner killer. I'm just like, you didn't do your homework. You didn't study. You got to go. There's nothing to do until you've studied. Like, and yeah, I literally like the last time I taught a class, my partner who I've now been together with for 10 years, but we were in our first, maybe second year together. He took the class. I kicked him out because he didn't do his fucking homework. Yeah, I kicked him out. And uh, yeah, and I, I have no regrets about that because I really just feel like his astrology is, worth learning but if Mm. you're not going to learn it that's cool there's other systems that are a lot less steady and then just hire an astrologer i'm sorry if that's an annoying answer but i'm
0: annoying no it's not i really respect how much time you have put into this because i mean you're obviously a professional astrologer but i think like growing up in the era of Social media. I mean, I've been on social media since I mean, middle school, I mean, my space came out in like middle school. So I've been on it. And that's how I've been navigating a lot of my reality for a long time. And like just seeing how many people I mean, I can't imagine how frustrating it must be for you and for other people who like, I took a um, like an intro to astrology at a community college uh, beginning of 2020. It was the six week class. And um, my teacher, he calls himself an astro wizard and he is like 70 years old and he taught himself astrology out of giant books that I don't know what they're called. So, but he,
1: Are are you referring to an ephemeris?
0: Yes. I think.
1: Did it look like this? Yes. So this is actually the very basic, like if you can't read this you're not even a beginner. Fun yeah. facts. He was like like not even I think he was like
0: 15 years old and he started teaching himself. And so he's been doing this for a very long time so he was very traditional. Um but also you could see that he he like married his his knowledge of it with his intuition because he understood that he had both. Mm-hmm. Um and it was just really cool to, to learn from him. And then now I can go back into the world and like not believe every astrology meme. And I kind of get annoyed. You know, there was a time on like my spiritual Instagram where I tried to post, like I knew some shit about like a Taurus full moon or something. And then I go back and I read it and I'm like, you don't know shit. You know what I mean? You just felt pressured by like everybody else posting about it. So you should post about it too, because you should know something about it. You know, it's like you're intuitive, know something about it. And it's like, yeah, it's just, I feel like you're both like, letting me off the hook was feeling pressure to know it and then also like putting me on the hook of like now go learn it for yourself pick up a fucking book you know what i mean of somebody that you trust, yeah
1: or yeah. don't and that's the thing like people are always like asking me questions like this uh, not exactly like this but like in this kind of conversation i'm always like you don't no one said you had to learn astrology no one said you had to talk about the fucking full moon You know, like there's like you said, there's pressure for your generation, probably people 35 and younger who are just inundated by all this astrology content. But the question to ask yourself is, is are you learning from a student? I don't want to learn anything from students. I want to learn from teachers and I want Mm -hmm. my teachers to be uh very experienced and advanced in their study. Why would I learn from a student? And that's like a this is a bit of a generational thing because I've noticed that younger people are like, I want to learn from people of all levels. And when you're cultivating your skill set is not when I want to learn systems from you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I want to learn systems from you when you don't need to check a book, when you don't need to check when you know what the fuck you're saying, basically. Yeah. And I know not everybody feels that way, but um I really do. And it's no disrespect we're all beginners at the beginning. There's no, and this is, again, it's like talking about like back to earlier part of our conversation. It's like people get very offended when I say stuff like this sometimes, but again, that's about your reaction, which is about a fear of being wrong. It's about a fear of not being good enough or whatever, instead of being humble about like, Oh yeah, I'm just learning something that's really complicated and takes a lot of years. I don't need to teach it. I, I can talk about it. Mm -hmm. And maybe share that I know more than the people I'm talking about it with. But that's really different than teaching it. And I see a lot of people on social media, on Clubhouse in particular, where I'm just like, oh, honey, everything (laughs) you're saying is wrong. And I know you feel it, but that doesn't mean it's true. Mm. And you're just teaching a room full of people. And I just, it's important that we are critical of who we're listening to. And I don't mean like tearing people down, but like having discernment, you know. And it's a lot of work because there's a lot of fucking content out there, but there's something called con spirituality, and it's real. And in the days of QAnon and con spirituality, we have to be very vigilant and careful that we're not picking up garbage or unintentionally picking up hate speech. Um, and that's just the landscape we're living in now. It's 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 thorny. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Um, I am so happy to have come across you and my my a standard search for animal communicators so you like popped up and i was like oh shit and look at she's all these other things too okay and then just like being inspired to like carry discernment with me i mean i already like i already like was learning how to navigate that but you just offered it in a way of astrology where it is just such a clusterfuck on the internet of who to who to trust and and to some degree it's like okay well what resonates with me and what resonates with me is like you were talking about is somebody who is um not just confident because confidence is um it's fleeting and it's like It's a
1: personality thing. Confidence means you a fire in your chart or your son's close to the ascendant. You know what I mean? Like confidence is is an easy Mars aspect. Confidence is not competency. Mm. And I think that it's easy to be... Hold in by charisma. Some of the most charismatic astrologers are no, I know are not the best ones. They're the ones I enjoy hearing talk, but I'm not necessarily learning more than the awkward ones. Sometimes the most awkward people who are not confident at all have the most to fucking say. They're the ones you should shut up and listen to. Not you personally, but we should shut up and listen <laughs> yeah. to. And so I think I think that's a really important point. You know, it's yeah. it's social media bends towards the charismatic um and for better or worse you know a lot of times for worse yeah
0: my astrology teacher was so awkward he was constantly he was just always so awkward like fumbling over shit but i trusted him and i was just so like um everybody else in the room i felt like there were other people in the room that were just like trying too hard to 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 make something and maybe they had been practicing astrology and this and that. And I was like, I just like, like, he wears the same vest every day. He doesn't give a fuck what you think about him. He's up there hanging up posters upside down and just saying that it has something to do with his like Scorpio or something. I don't know what he's saying, but he was just like, throw that out there. He's like, I don't know. It's just who I am. And, um, but he was just so confident. No, not confident. We're not going to use that word. Competent about um what he knew and just excited to teach it to us and uh i'm just really excited to have met you who um knows what the fuck you're talking about you have put a lot of time into astrology and you know i it's just man i cannot imagine how like we said earlier just you scrolling through um and just seeing so many people being misguided and about something that's so like close to you you know um yeah I feel that way. It's sometimes about like animals, the way people think that they should be training their dog. And like the, cause I I have a basic understanding of of dog training from jobs that I've had. And I'm just like, you're so misguided. And like somebody suffers from, from this false information. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's not just the individual dog that suffers or like the individual reading it or whatever. It's, this is where I go big picture. And and I think about this as a societal issue where Mm we, Don't it used to be that we'll just talk about American society would kind of glorify the expert in a way that was maybe like cult like and wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. And now we've gone the opposite direction where everybody's opinion, whether it's informed or not, is equal to the expert in the room. And that's a problem, too. We must cultivate. Uh, critical thinking and to check sources. And you know what I'm always telling people about astrology, and I think it goes for any spiritual content. If you aren't seeing uh, like an expert or a practitioner uh, sourced as like the the writer, the speaker, the whatever, the creator of that content, don't trust it. Don't trust it, because that means you you know that's already a problem in my mind. Like there's a lot of for instance, specifically astrology accounts where you don't know who fucking wrote that astrology shit. And that's how you know it's just a corporation who's selling you astrology. <laughs> and hey, maybe you're cool with that. Me, not a fan. I'm not like anti, but I'm not a fan, mm-hmm. you know? And I want my astrology to come from experts. I want my animal communication to come from somebody who's actually an animal communicator and not somebody who's pontificating anything about it based on their theory instead of their experience, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that- um, you know, I say all these things and these are my preferences and my perspective and also I want to reiterate for anyone listening. You know, I, I hold space for people to feel different. You know, you have different experiences. I am 46 years old. I am not, you know, 29 years old or whatever. Like we, we all get to have different feelings about different things, but I will say that the popularization of psychic phenomenon of talking about empaths and empathy and animal communication and astrology. It's not the first time in history that these things have been popular. And what happens historically is the silification of these things. Um, they're made into jokes. They're made into now memes. They're made by often well-meaning people. They're made into products that you wear or you buy. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it just is made silly by all of this. And then, uh, you know, religious or corporate entities or sometimes governmental entities uh, squash them. That's what's happened historically. Um, that may not happen again because of the internet uh, and, you know, the, the power of the individual within the internet, but it may. And this is again where like a lot of older uh, astrologers are very suspicious and annoyed by, uh, m- and when I say older, I mean meaningfully older than me, um, are very annoyed by, astrology online these days because they've lived through the seventies and the backlash that -hmm. happened to the popularity of astrology in the seventies. So just, just some fun facts because I fear, okay. And this is the last thing I'll say on my little rant. Uh, I notice that Gen Z and there's also Y, but Y's are still very young. Gen Z, um, is a generation that has less intergenerational connections than any generation before it. This is a theory I have. Um, And this is actually a lot because of the internet, because you don't have to interact with anyone of a different generation. You can just talk shit about them. And then when you talk shit about them, those people get defensive of you and they don't want to interact with you. And then bing bong, it's done. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a real fucking shame, because if we're not engaging with people of different ages, we're missing out on so much. And in particular, if you're not interacting with people older, you're missing out on the wisdom they've accrued uh, that you can actually benefit from. So I am like anyone, especially woo practitioners, have friends who are younger, have friends who are older, no practitioners with less experience, no practitioners with more experience, like make sure to have that kind of beautiful flow that happens when we share our experience, share our knowledge, um, and share our unique struggles, but from different vantage points in our development and in our lives. Um, again, I know it's very Capricorn of me, but it had to be said. So I said it.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for saying that. Cause I, I wholeheartedly agree. I had no idea that like statistically they were not connecting with,
1: I don't know if it's statistically, I haven't researched that. I have a, so Pluto and Sagittarius, it's that generation. Oh, um, a, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a Pluto and Sagittarius crisis. And um, the only research I've done into it is by asking individuals. And they're always like, yeah, I don't have a lot of friends who are a lot older than me or not in my generation. Whereas when I was growing up, I did. Everyone I knew did. Like it was it's very normal Mm -hmm. uh, because we couldn't rely on the Internet where you could find millions and billions of people who are your age and agree with you. You know, you couldn't do that before. You had to interact with people who were in front of you. It's a different world, Uh, for better and for worse. I am, oh, I know I say it a lot, but it's worth acknowledging. Um, So, yeah.
0: Oh, I love it. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. We're at an hour now. Um, I wanted you to talk a little bit about um, your book that you put out and then your podcast so that people know, like, and then we'll talk about where to find you and stuff like that.
1: Great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So I do have a book. It's an astrology book called Astrology for Real Relationships. And it is unique in a couple ways other than it's hella cute. <laughs> um, it is broken into three sections, friendships, early stages of dating, and then long-term committed relationships. Um, and a lot of astrology books ignore friendship and they ignore that like, wait, what's happening? Are we dating? Are we hooking up? What's happening here stage? They just focus on like Serious connection or flirting. Um, And so this is like, you know, my embrace of platonic love and of real situationships, basically. Um, And also it's not just based on sun signs. It's all of the planets through all of the houses and all of the signs in the context of friendship. And then the same thing in the context of early stages dating and then uh, long-term relationships. And it is embracing of queerness, in gender and in sexuality and in relationship structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is not an old school astrology book, but it is delightful. So you can get It's called Astrology for Real Relationships. And uh, my podcast is out every Sunday. It's called Ghost of a Podcast. And on it, uh, in the first half, I answer a listener question. It's usually astrology. Sometimes I do mediumship and sometimes I do animal communication. And um, then in the second half of the episode, I do the astrology weather report for the seven days ahead. Uh, and in it, I just break down all the transits of the week, how it's going to feel, how it is likely to impact us both personally, but also socially, politically. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, if you are not into those things, don't listen to it. But if you are, uh, Ghost of a Podcast can be heard everywhere and uh, I have free transcripts on my website. So yeah. Oh, that's so great. Isn't it
0: weird that people listen to podcasts that they hate just so they can talk shit?
1: It is weird. I don't, I can't imagine having that much time to waste.
0: Or to say like attention span. I don't have it. Because I I definitely don't have it. I Um, couldn't do it. Yeah. I often say that in uh, my own podcast, especially when I was first starting out and I was like insecure and I'm like, whatever criticism you have of me, I already have
1: of myself. So keep it to yourself. Thank (laughs) you very much. It's Um, it's tricky. People really like to share, which, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes I've, you know, I've gotten negative feedback. I'm grateful that I haven't had that much abusive shit from my podcast, but I've certainly taken some kind of critical feedback and being like, oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. Or, Mm. oh, I actually, I do need to speak to this. This is important. Um, But again, it takes being able to sort through the immediate reaction to get to the uh integrity response that's the fucking work being a human because a lot of times my first reaction is bitch and
0: then i'm like okay yeah but how do i actually feel but i it's almost like a game i play with myself because i like that that's an aspect of my personality where i am that like kind of with that with myself and then the other part i'm like okay i'm gonna zoom out
2: Got to zoom out. Got to zoom out.
0: out. Awesome. And then can you tell people, I mean, I'll link your uh, website and your um, Instagram in the show notes, but people can find you. Can you tell them where they can
1: find you? So um, my website's lovelanyato.com and there's articles and videos. And I think I still have podcast episodes up there from other guest appearances I've done. Um, And I was even had a little TLC show for a minute, astrology Mm. show. Mm -hmm. Um, Some videos are on there and you can join me on Patreon where yeah. I teach Tarot, astrology. And I'm right now about to start a series where I answer questions question about mediumship. answer my patrons' questions about mediumship and animal communication. So that's going to happen for the next couple of months. Um, and so patreon.com slash Jessica Lignato. On Instagram, I'm making lots of videos where I am planets. <laughs> I'm describing the transits as a planet. And it is bringing me so much joy. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, it, it's, it is a joyful thing. For me as a Capricorn, creepy and tender, it's like my sweet spot of like aesthetics yeah. and stuff. I just find it to be really funny. So if you don't like seeing talking Venus, talking about a Venus <laughs> opposition to Chiron, don't go there. But if you do, you will be charmed. Charmed.
0: And yeah. you're also often fruits and vegetables, and
1: yes, um, yes, loaves I've been of bread. i I'm a lemon a lot of times. I haven't been an orange. Oh, I've been an orange, an apple, bananas. Uh, I don't want to list all the fruits and vegetables, <laughs> been, but a lot.
0: I need uh, all of and them listed. <laughs>
2: to I me. have.
1: Um, I have so many, so many things. I'm yet to be. I mean, I I, I use a lot more of my filters, filtered videos on Patreon. Like a lot, and they are so funny because, uh, yeah, I do. Th- I've been doing this thing where I answer. So I'll like have a topic, and then all my patrons can ask questions. And instead of me doing a live where I can only get to some of their questions, I answer all the questions and I just drop a bunch of different videos where I answer each question. And with each question, I answer it as a different thing. So I'll be like a blob of jelly and then I'll be like a gerbil and then I'll be a puff of rain. Um, It's just really entertaining for me and it makes it easier to organize the information for people. I hope it's also distracting for some people, I'm sure, but I like it.
0: And your two tiers I love are it's puppies and kittens.
1: Yeah, because in fact, I kind of stopped doing this because because of Patreon, but I used to always call people puppies and kittens uh i'd be like hey puppies and kittens what's up on the podcast and then after i started really doing patreon i was like oh puppies and kittens are specific people so i can't call just anyone puppies and kittens anymore yeah i gotta call my puppies puppies and my kittens kittens
0: yeah so, it's like yeah. less like what content i want access to and like what i identify with more you know when the yes. choices is in front of me i'm like fuck Well,
1: that's real. Slash, also, (laughs) the kittens (laughs) is where I do all the videos. So So be a kitten. So you want to be a kitten. Yeah, you want to be a kitten. I'm a cat person. So I gave that (laughs) to the kittens. Of course. Uh, Awesome. Well, you know, I
0: definitely have way more questions for you, but I'm just so happy that we got to sit down and do this. Thanks so much for coming on. So
1: wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great conversation. I've really, it's been really lovely. (laughs) Oh. Wow, well, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. No, thank you. Okay. Let's we'll just okay, do this for welcome. 10 minutes. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. <laughs>